0: good morning happy new year Uh, I'm sure I'm seeing some of you for the first time it's always good to be in the house of God it's always good to see the people of God and um, I just like the way we're starting the year by blessing people Um, the people in Kabira in Kenya uh, I've met the couple personally uh, i've i've dined with them we've talked properly together, and i've really questioned them. You know sometimes when you give money to some people there are times when you you're not too sure about their integrity. I queried them, i quizzed them i I actually t- told them, let me know how you how you split the money so it's going towards a good cause, uh, if, if you, if you give to them. In fact, we are even thinking that uh, because uh, in that area, normally, kids don't go to school. We're thinking of actually even providing lunch for them during the school period. It will make the kids to come to school. And when, when we do that, actually, I think somebody said, when you educate a child, you educate a nation. We want to educate them so that when they grow up, they will be able to look after their environment too. And so what we are doing is really good. And what Andrew and Ruth, what the two of them, what they are doing, it's in 10 years, in 15 years' time, that we're going to see the result. Uh, when they go to the university and then they graduate and they're they, they working and they know how to now go and change their environment. So I will encourage us to... To really do that, and Richard and look what there was it last month or two months ago to see what was happening. You will see the pictures and some other things. We are really, really doing a good thing. Um, and I just want to say that you see the Bible we have seen every time you find um, children of God in the Bible. There's in anything they do. There's always development. When they became Christians, you know, when you read about Antioch, the Bible says there was famine in the land. So they had to send messages to the Christians in Jerusalem. They got some money together to go and help them. That was the first development we saw in the Bible. So it's, it's not strange that we are helping each other. And then, I don't know whether some of you know this that the first book ever printed in large quantity is the Bible. And it was actually the Bible, if you don't know this, that brought industrialization and civilization to Europe, to the world. Was it in 1455 by Gutenberg? is a German. Is that how you pronounce it? Gutenberg. <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so everywhere you see children of God, and ed- anywhere you see the Bible being preached, there is always a transformation, a change, and we are changing lives. So it is it's a good cause. Now, today I want us to look at John chapter two. I'm going to try and just stay in that John chapter two, so that we don't go to any other passage or passages. Uh, John chapter 2 is a good book. And then, so I want to make sure that my focus today is on discipleship and mission. We want to, we want to look at Jesus. How do we become more like Jesus? From John chapter 2. Apparently... I was just reading through and then just checking and doing my research. The only book that contains the name of Jesus most, is that how to say it? The only book that contains where Jesus was mentioned most was John. So John was speaking about something to us, about Jesus, about being discipled, about That our nature, our lifestyle is becoming more like Jesus. And the mission is what he commissioned us to do. So we're going to be looking at that. Now, the book of John, it's a long passage. Let me try. So I'm going to read the first bit. Then read the second bit later. So the first bit, John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. Thank you. Thank you. Into wine. Verse. Yeah. It did not realize where it had come from. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There, they stayed for a few days. This is a very, very good story about Jesus going for a wedding. And I so much like Jesus because at the time, the wine, they ran out of water, uh, of wine And Jesus turned the water into wine. That's just the story. Okay. Now, the first thing I wanted to say was that this was a wedding that was organized. What would have been the first quarrel after the wedding? Jesus averted the quarrel. So how do I know? Can you imagine you are your husband, you're planning for your wedding? And you've planned everything? Let's say it was the husband that was supposed to be in charge of drinks. And they ran out of uh, wine. The wife might now start accusing the husband. You see, you are not well organized. I keep telling you, instead of you to book for 400 people, you book for 20 people. Why? (laughs) You you know what happens during weddings. (laughs) I've, (laughs) I've been to so many weddings. Many things happen. Now, there are a few things I want us to look at in that story. The first thing I saw in verse 1, the Bible says, On the third day, excuse me, we have a lifespan in life to achieve anything for Jesus. We have a lifespan we have a time in order for us to be like Jesus, it's not everlasting. What we ought to do today, don't let us postpone it till tomorrow. I discovered that Jesus was always on time. In fact, when you read even verse 13, it says, when it was almost time, every." when you read chapter 3 verse 22 it says after this I saw Jesus doesn't postpone what he ought to do today till tomorrow so what is the first thing I believe we need to learn about discipleship please we don't need to procrastinate about our faith about following Jesus about postponing what we ought to do today till tomorrow that is the first thing I want us to learn There is time for everything. There is time to pray. There is time to look after the kids. There is time to go for a wedding. We need to have a social life. Jesus went for a wedding. But there is time for us also to be serious with God. So the first thing I noticed is time. What was the second thing I noticed in in, in John chapter 2? Chapter 2, verse 2 says, And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited in to the wedding. Excuse me, to follow Jesus. We can't follow Jesus from afar. It's not about somebody telling us what to do, not even the leaders, not we. Discipleship, when they try to, I don't know how the scientists and the social scientists and the theologians calculated this. The preach you hear on Sunday will only disciple you 20%. The connect group that you are talking about will disciple you 50%. So just listening to Sunday messages doesn't make you to become like Jesus the way you ought to be. It helps you. It inspires you. It facilitates many things. But you can't be discipled just listening to messages on Sundays. Did you see the disciples? The Bible says Jesus and his disciples, they were together. It requires a personal walk with Jesus. It requires a closer walk with Jesus. It requires an intimacy. It requires you to talk to Jesus personally by yourself. It requires you to study the word of God. It requires you to, I don't want to use the word feel. It, it requires you to know that Jesus is real. Not what people are telling you about Jesus. So I saw so many things beyond the wedding. That's the second thing. What's the third thing I want to talk about? Hmm. So the Bible says the wine ran out. And the mother of Jesus said, look, they have no more wine. And I know anywhere you are, that's what I like. You know what Jesus can do when you are intimate with him. You know what he's capable of doing. You've studied his nature. You've studied his character. You've studied his lifestyle. So Jesus, (laughs) the mother of Jesus knew that, look, the only solution to the problem here is Jesus. You know what Jesus told her? "My My time has not yet come. It's like Jesus was saying, leave me alone, woman. I like the way Jesus replied. As disciples, <laughs> when we're following Jesus, we need to follow him with all our heart. I was reading a book, No Option B. Yes, it, it was saying, Look, I've given my life to Jesus. I don't want to look at any other thing as this. I don't have any other option in life. You know what the mother of Jesus told Jesus? Probably not even Jesus was telling the crowd and his disciples. Look, he's telling you guys, his time has not yet come. He told me that I should leave him alone. Don't leave him alone, no? If you want wine, look, you, Jesus, you are saying your time has not yet come. Whether it has come or not, you are the solution. (laughs) Oh, I like that kind of faith. That you say no matter what is happening... Even if it appears as if I'm not seeing the result. You know, there are times when you are asking something from God. And it's like it's taking one hour, taking one week, taking one month. You are still saying, Jesus, I still know you. You are still the solution. You are the one that can turn the water of my life into wine that will bless me. And Jesus... I, I, I like the next thing the mother of Jesus said. He said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I don't know how to say this, but I'm going to say it. Jesus is so real that the next thing I want to say, I know Tunji talked about this. Jesus is God. He talked about it last, last week, isn't it? And coming to the flesh. When there is an issue between you and Jesus Jesus is always right (laughs) if somebody is wrong and somebody is right Jesus is you are the one that is wrong Jesus is always right so anything he tells you to do just know that he's right Jesus doesn't make a mistake before Jesus will do something and he will ask you to do something He has already finished, uh, He has already accomplished the purpose before He tells you to do it. If Jesus is asking you to do something that that might require a bit of sacrifice, He knows that there is a blessing ahead for you. And anything He tells you to do, just do it. To be a disciple of Jesus, one of the next things I discovered is that I don't need to procrastinate. Sometimes I don't need to analyze so deeply. Because, you know, when I tell you what Jesus told them to do, you will never do it. You know, he told them to get some jars together. They use the jar to wash their hands. And sometimes probably their legs. Can you imagine he's, he go and get those jars, put water there? Can you, that doesn't look reasonable. Sometimes we are too logical for Jesus. We want to use our African culture, our British culture, to, to tell Jesus what to do and how to do some things. No. Jesus is, either, is neither African or British. <laughs> Jesus is just the kingdom of God. So we cannot we cannot use our culture to interpret the scripture. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not condemning any culture. You know, I'm also from Africa. <laughs> but I discovered that there are times our culture, the way we have been brought up, overrides the scriptures. We are not doing what Jesus said we should do. How can you imagine? Somebody has just washed his hands and his legs, and you take the bowl and you pour water there. I don't know if those guests, if they knew where the water was coming from or the wine, I'm sure they would never drink it. But you know what happened? They said, "Wow, this is the best wine. Where have you kept it?" They didn't know that water that came from wash wash hand basin. <laughs> Sometimes we tell Jesus how we want him to, to, to perform the miracle. We, sometimes we, tell, we prescribe to Jesus how he must answer our prayers. With Jesus, it's about whatever he tells you to do, do it. It may not look reasonable. Now, the last thing I want to draw from... What we have read today uh, from from turning the water into wine. Two more things. The first thing I discovered about the character of Jesus. Please, can anybody suggest Jesus' character or the nature of Jesus that we ought all to be doing? Just suggest anything. I, I want to get you involved. What kind of character did you see Jesus in that passage? Pardon? Humility. Good. Obedience. Obedience. Generous. Any other thing? Compassionate. Compassionate. Did you see that actually there are about 20 characters of Jesus inside that Bible passage alone that we can emulate? Some of us, we do it. But do you know what? We don't think that that is discipleship. So, because some people have come to tell me that, oh, I want to, I want to be discipled. I want to be like Jesus. But I just, I, there's nothing in me to make me look like Jesus. So, I ask them, what do you do? Do you talk to your neighbor? Do you help them to do something? Did you, did you know that in this Bible passage, Jesus did not tell them about the kingdom of God? He wasn't really preaching about God to them. Those little, little acts of kindness, do you know that's being discipled? But you need, to, you need to be conscious that, look, you are doing this. This is the character of Jesus. This is the nature of Jesus. I want to be like him. I was talking to um, Norman. Uh, Norman is 90. Uh, and... He's been retired. He's the only one at home. His wife died about five, six years ago. And he was just saying, Jesus, I want to be like you. What can I do? He discovered that most of the people in his neighborhood, they are busy people. By 5 a.m., they've gone to work. You know what he does? 90-year-old man. He will go and bring the bin out every Thursday. Bring the bin out for them. That's, can you imagine? That looks unreasonable, but that's Jesus. He will bring the bin out for everybody. And then when the van man has gone, he will take the bin back. So can you imagine all the neighbors, they don't worry about whether our bins will be emptied or not. You can imagine what happens on during Christmas, the kind of ampers they bring for him. Do you know that Everybody in that in that uh, neighborhood, they love him so much that if you do anything against Norma, they will be the one that will fight against you. <laughs> do you know that's been like Jesus? Yes. And sometimes they will come and sit with him. That why are you doing this? Just say well, I'm a Christian. He's just telling them his testimony. I was just thinking, you mean something like that? I'm being like Jesus. Yes. But when we even do it, it, we we don't think that we are being like Jesus. Because we want to do more. You're always thinking, what else else can I do? Jesus will do it. If Jesus did this, we can think of something like some of the things Esther has been doing, some of the things we are doing. Yeah, so let me go to the next one. This one is a bit controversial in the theological uh, uh, circle or the theological area about Jesus clearing the temple courts. You talked about it. So I don't need to read it. I just want to bring out some salient points. So when you read verse 13, the Bible says, When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. You know, something I discovered too about discipleship. You know, Jesus went for the wedding. Then when his time came again, he went to Jerusalem. In order to show the love of Jesus, we have to pray, God, we are my needed. Where do I need to function today? You know, don't ever think that what you have, as insignificant as it is, can bless someone. And you are just a disciple of Jesus. You cannot be like Christ and just stay by yourself and don't go anywhere. You need to be saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What is the next thing? You can't be stagnant. I was just talking to James. Uh, James has, uh, he's, he's, he has encouraged me so much. When I see his integrity, his faithfulness, his commitment, his passion for worship, for music, is unparalleled. You know, there was a time I came to preach in the home site. I was talking about you too. i I'm not, that's for you to know that I'm not making things up. And I know some of you, you are very passionate at what you do. There are times, you know, every time I come here, you know, the way I'm being served coffee, you don't know that that is being discipled. You are just being like, Jesus, are you having food after the meeting today? There is one, somebody brings one kind of chicken. You don't know that is being like Jesus. But we just think that, oh, we are just bringing food for the people. No, that little act you are representing Jesus and you put your mind to it that this chicken, can you imagine, I can't forget the taste of that chicken. When is the food coming? (laughs) I went to preach at a friend's uh, church in Amsterdam and I met this 80-year-old woman Uh, and she was asking me, I want God to use me. I don't know what, uh, I don't have anything. I'm old now. You know, I've, I've wasted my life. And um, I don't know what else I can do. I don't have any energy or strength to do anything at 80. So I said, you have a lot of energy. What do you love doing? She said, mm, well, I'm very good at baking cake. I said, that is it pray. See what God wants you to, how God can use your baking of cake to bless the church or to bless anybody. You know what she did? I just preached that weekend. I came back. Two years, I went back. I saw so many youths in the church. You know what happened? She was baking cake. and bringing it every Sunday. She said, God, if this is what you want me to do, just bless it. Use me just to bake cake. So when I saw, I was saying, ah, look how people love your cake. I didn't know that some youths came to the church not to listen to the preach message just to come and eat cake. <laughs> so they would bring their friends. Why? Because of cake. And some of them became Christians. We don't know that some of these little, little things. Please, let's, let's treasure them. Let's be faithful let's be committed, it could be very little it is not when you now go and pray for somebody and they are healed no, some of the little little things you are doing, that's what I saw with Jesus, but he was going out, he wanted to see where he could help people but you see this is like turning water into wine was like good things something positive Jesus getting a cord you know like Cain to drive out people from the temple is like negative some people say why would Jesus be violent that is not good Jesus said something which I want us to read you know uh, Tunji already said uh, you know the first thing he said he drove them out he scattered everything It it caused a displacement of what they were doing. In verse 16, the Bible says, To those who sold doves, it said, Get this out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Verse 17, His disciples remember that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. I don't want to talk about that. But do you notice... (laughs) To be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus doesn't do things arbitrarily. Do you know that what he did was already written in the Bible? How is your daily reading of the Bible? Or how is your studying of the scripture? How are you applying it every day? Let it be said that what informs your decision is the scripture. That's how to be like Jesus. Even Jesus you cannot imagine. You thought Jesus went to the temple just like that? No. It was, he already, something has been written about him that he ought to do that. And he has to do anything that has been told him to do. Jesus discovered that from the scripture. The decisions you make every day, what informs your decision? To be like Jesus, we have to be people of the word of God. And we are putting them into practice. The second thing, And after he drove them all out, verse 21 says, but the temple he had spoken of was his body. Now, excuse me. Jesus did not condemn people selling in the market. He did not, he wasn't against people selling doves. You understand? What he condemned was that they were abusing The temple of God. Please take note of that. Excuse me, let me use an illustration. What's the purpose of this chair? (laughs) If I do that on the chair, what am I doing? I'm abusing it. I know some of you inside, you are saying, this is not right. That was what Jesus did. Things that should not happen in our lives, don't let us entertain them. Habits, sickness, (laughs) anywhere Jesus sees anything evil, what does he do? He deals with it. Please don't entertain them. Don't let them stay too much in your life. Sometimes some people say, this is me. No, Jesus, allow Jesus. Say, Jesus, I welcome you drive out that sickness Jesus will drive out anything that is not of God that is not according to the scripture he will drive it out violently are there things that you see that you don't feel is right let me tell you let me bring it down I don't know whether some of you this has happened to me a long time ago and I don't do it I don't pray on the bed. I discipline myself not to pray on the bed. You know what happens? That was the day I said I was going to pray. I wanted to pray, and I was in the mood of prayer. I knew that I need to pray, and I knew at that time that the spirit of God was upon me to pray. I wanted to break through, so I was on the bed. Around six and I said, Yes. You know, I thought and I prayed. I prayed for almost three hours. By the time I woke up it was nine (laughs) o'clock. I was praying in my dreams. I don't pray on bed though. I'm going to sleep. If you know that praying in bed is not you why do you go on the bed discipline yourself there are times when you even want to pray <coughs> you have issues you want to pray about and by the time you kneel down your mind is in Germany is in America is at what you're you know you are praying you are praying you kneel down you are praying but you still remembering what your manager told you yesterday that was not right Everything will just fill your mind. You know what I tell myself, just like Jesus did. He said, no, no, I'm going to pray. Yeah, today I'm still going to pray. You know, all those things, I, I come against you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to, I will still say, for 30 minutes, I'm nearly done there. He said, battle, you fight. Otherwise, you become prayer, you, would, you won't pray. There are some things we need to fight for. The Bible says, Let's fight the good fight of faith. We are not violent. But there are something we need to fight for. There are things we need to defend. Your body is the temple of the living God. When something is not right, take authority. Say, devil, I know I come against you. This is not the will of God for me. Just like Jesus did, he drove them out, he scattered everything. The Bible says, What my father has not planted, it will be uprooted don't allow it to to, to germinate inside your life. I used to have terrible migraine when I was in secondary school. I even failed one exam. It was terrible. Terrible headache. You know, I stood my ground in 1980. I said it. the Bible says you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall get well. I lay hands on myself. That was the last, the last time I had migraine or terrible headache was 1980. That's how to be a disciple. I saw that with Jesus. When something is not right, with love, with grace, because his body, you know, people, you know, they were looking at the temple Jesus was thinking that, wow, if I allow this, this is what they will be doing when I go. I like that. I think we need to round up. Just two more things I want, to, I want us to have a look at before I, I finish. Please, I want us to read this together. Verse 22 I want us to compare and contrast, and I would like you to help me, because I'm going to be asking you a question. Please, I want us to compare verse uh, verse 22, and then compare verse 11. I'm reading from NIV. Verse 11 says, When Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed him what is the difference between his disciples believing him and verse 22 that says after he was raised from the dead his disciples called disciples recalled what he had said then they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. What's the difference between believing in his name and then believing in him? That's the last thing I want to say. Please help me. Let's talk about it. Sometimes it's nice to reason. What's the difference between believing in his name and then believing in him? help me please sorry one is thank you and the other one is just mine. please I want you to know that do you know that many people believe in the name of Jesus the only time they believe in the name of Jesus is when something happens suddenly you know what they say Jesus they still call the name of Jesus you can be calling the name of Jesus and not have any personal relationship with him. So, for disciples, I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus where you discover his character, his goodness. Some of them we talked about the humility. I'm, I'm thinking that what John is saying to me is that how can I be humble like Jesus? How can I be compassionate like Jesus? How can I be be self-controlled like Jesus? How can I be like Jesus that when I see something wrong, when I see something being abused, how can I bring correction to that thing? And how can I follow the scriptures in order to inform my decision in life? I believe this is very, very... Do you know that the two of them, they saw signs? But you notice what I also notice. <laughs> that Jesus said is twenty-four. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them. For he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind. For he knew what was in each person. What I discovered is. Those who believed in him. They were following him. They were walking with him. The other people who believed in his name. They believe in his name. You know, if you follow Jesus in those days, let me tell you what will happen. You are guaranteed a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You don't need to follow, you don't need to be his disciples. You know when you are hungry, Jesus will provide 5,000 food. He will feed 5,000 people. And I know if you are desperate enough, if you follow Jesus, you will be healed. And uh, I want some of us to be, if, if you are living in those days, if you invite Jesus into your house, I want to warn you. You know why? They might uproot your roof. You know? there was a day was meeting in somebody's house, and they wanted somebody to be healed. There was no way they could get in. You know what they did. How, can you imagine? <laughs> Jesus was in your house and the next thing you knew is that your roof was being uprooted. <laughs> but to follow Jesus, it, it requires walking daily with him. So in summary, the last slide. Yes. So we talked about time. We talked about being with Jesus. We talked about believing in him. Believing his word and the scripture. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We talked about obedience. And we saw the difference between people and disciples. We are disciples of Jesus. Please see yourself as disciples of Jesus. Why? Because you know him, you follow him, and you want to be like him and do whatever he tells you to do. Amen. Let's pray together. I want us to just just speak to God for one or two minutes just speak to God that Jesus I want to be like you are there things you've seen in the scriptures that we've talked about today about being compassionate about saying Jesus what can you use me to do in my community in my church I want to do the same And the second thing is, is there anything that you know is like an abuse? It's like an habit. It's, it's like something that is not like Jesus. And you are saying, Jesus, take it away. Deal with it. In fact, I hand over everything to you. You know, Jesus didn't tell the disciples, you go and do it. No, there are some things we need to leave. Let's, let's cast our burden on Jesus. You are saying, Jesus, I need healing. Jesus, I want you to make a way for me. Jesus, this habit, you are the only one that can deal with it. I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm tired of procrastinating. You are the one that can help me. And you are saying, Lord, is there, is there something like water, but you want wine in your life? Say, Jesus, I want a transformation. I want a touch. Yeah, do this for me. Is it about about reading the scriptures, getting an understanding, seeing great things from the scriptures, applying it in the scriptures? So you are saying, God, I want to just be useful. You can actually turn this life into a life that can affect people. Yes, show me the way I want to walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, this is what we asked this morning or this afternoon. And we are saying, whatever you tell us to do, we are going to do it. We just pray, Lord God, that you will enlighten us further. You will encourage us. You will empower us. Lord God, we come to that place and say, Lord, we are your disciples. We want to be like you. We want to follow you. We want to be intimate with you. God, we say we want to love you more. God, we just ask you, Lord God, to bless us. Lord God, just help us, Holy Spirit, help us, comfort us to serve God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. That what we have had today, Lord God, is we are not just going to throw it into the bin, but we will see it in the next few weeks, in the next coming days, in the next few months. God will see that transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Is anyone sick here, Lord God? I know we're going to be praying for the sick. But because of the word today, the Bible says you send your word, it heals them and it delivers them from their destruction. Anybody that is in pain today, I come against that pain and I say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive your healing. Any joint pain, stiffness, any organ or tissue abnormality, I, 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 I send the word of God into those areas right now. And I say, receive your healing in Jesus' name. If you have not been sleeping well, I command sleep to come, Because the Bible says, you, you give uh, sound sleep to those who love you. Lord God, I just pray for sound sleep for those who have been struggling with their sleep, Lord God. For those who say, we need, I need a divine intervention, Lord God, come through for them, Lord God. For those who, who say, oh God, I want you to make a way. Make a way for those people, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, thank you. This we has to gather-